This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Gabby Mail. Gabby is a health coach and content creator and self-love junkie who helps women ditch dieting and learn to feel empowered in their bodies. She's the co-owner of The Rose Retreat, a female empowerment events company, as well as the owner of Switch It Up, a monthly workout platform for women looking to switch up their workouts and learn to feel more confident moving their bodies inside and outside of the gym. Hi, Gabby. Hello. You just killed that, girl. Like, nailed it. I'm like, I need you to introduce me to everybody I meet. I'm like... Well, you have so many amazing things to introduce, so I didn't have to do any of the work. I just had to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm super duper excited to be here chatting with you guys today. We're so happy to have you. We're so excited. So excited. When we finally, when we decided, we're like, you know what, what's one positive thing that can come out of this, this quarantine? Gabby Mail. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) One positive thing. (laughs) Thank you guys. I appreciate that. I bet there's, there's going to be plenty more to come from this too, but I'm excited to shed some light and I, you guys sent me some amazing questions over and I can't wait. I think it's going to be a really good conversation and people are going to get a lot out of this today. I think so too. I'm so excited. I, I'm like itching to dive in. There's so many good I feel it. Do it. Yes. <laughs> okay, Gab. So tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? And how old are you? Yes. So I am 23. Um, I was originally actually born in England. Um, not many people... You either, you either like know it or you, or it's like, oh my God, no way. Um, I was born in Salisbury, which is actually right by Stonehenge. So my family is from like Southern England and my parents moved us, have my older brother than me. And then we moved out to America when I was four years old. So I, I grew up in America. I'm basically American. I'm just not a full citizen. But so that's kind of how I grew up in like a very British family, like very progressive and they love health and fitness. And so yeah, I had that. That's like a fun part of my life that I have. But yeah, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I, it's like, how do you even tell your story? I'm like, so many things. Let's gather myself. Okay. So grew up in Columbus, Ohio, 30 minutes east, really, really small town. Um, Grew up in like the very kind of bubble town. So Mm -hmm. when I, when it came college time, I was like, I don't want to go anywhere in Ohio. Everybody's going to OU or Ohio State. I want to go meet people. I want to do something different. So I migrated three and a half hours south to the University of Kentucky. And I there for my undergrad I was a public health major which like nowadays with everything going on I'm like if all else fails with my business 
So through college, um, I got a job at the gym because I was just super in love with fitness and I'd been on my own kind of personal journey. I took it a little bit too far in high school with like disordered eating and mm-hmm. body image stuff. But in college was when I kind of really wanted to figure out how to love myself and how to go to the gym for not just aesthetic reasons and really kind of just, I grew up in that Fitspo era. That's when I started my Instagram and I started my business was when the whole Fitspo movement was happening. My last username was Gmail Fit. And um, so that's kind of, yeah, where I started with all of that. And that's kind of where my businesses have grown from. And I graduated, I have a degree, but I am a full-time entrepreneur from the second I graduated. So I've never actually like had a real, real job that's not working for myself, which is kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, it, that's kind of where we're at now. It's such a weird time with everything going on, but I am very, very blessed to own my own business and it's a virtual business, which is mm-hmm. awesome. But, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. And how old are you, Gabby? 23. Oh, she's doing all this by 23. <laughs> I know. It's Sometimes I forget too. I'm like, I have to like double check myself. I'm yeah. like, Gabby, you're 23. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I never know how old I am. Literally never. I actually posted something the other day where I said I was 23 and I just turned 24 in February. And one of my friends messaged me and they're like, you know, you're 24 now, right? Am <laughs> I? <laughs> age what does it mean that's all amazing gabby so you kind of touched on it a little bit in your story but how'd you get involved in this this health and wellness space you mentioned you had some you had dealt with some struggle in your past what made you want to kind of create a business out of this yeah yeah it's a really good question so um in high school my senior year uh I played soccer growing up, so I was super athletic and like loved health and fitness and all of that, but I never really had to do it on my own. I always had coaches kind of telling me what to do. So my senior year of high school, obviously we're all dealing with body image issues, even if you're like a twig, like everybody's feeling it. Everyone's dealing with that in high school and I was just, I was really feeling it. And um, when soccer finished, I kind of said to myself, let's do a little health journey. Like let's try and, at that point, I didn't know what I meant by health journey. I was like just doing all the things Pinterest said. And when you look it up on Pinterest, it's like, eat 1200 calories and do these weird exercises and whatever. So at at the time I thought my goal was to get strong, but it was definitely not like looking Mm -hmm. back. All I wanted was to be skinny and lean. Mm -hmm. Um, So I unknowingly gave myself an eating disorder and um, I, I wasn't ever diagnosed, but I had, or I definitely had orthorexia. I was very obsessed with clean eating. I I didn't not eat. I just ate very little amounts and it it had to be like healthy, quote unquote healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So went through that and got like way too small for my personal body type and just like had a really rough relationship with food and went through the whole thing. The more I talked to women, I realized like so many people have been through that. So I know a lot of people listening are probably like, yep, either going through that or I've been through that too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Went through that, went to college, gained the freshman 15, which as for me as the person who my identity was fitness at that time was very, very difficult. And I just felt like I was letting go of everything that I loved. And I felt really disappointed in myself, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to like lose weight and get healthy in a not so extreme way. So I got a job at the campus gym and that's when my personal business started to kind of come together. And that's where it all started. Um, I worked at the gym and I was just meeting people and I was learning different types of lifting and I was learning different types of fitness from, from guys, from girls. And I was just meeting people and really diving into the fitness industry, which this is like for reference, 2015, 2016, 
yeah. um, which was like right when like all, like the Amanda the Bucci's and mm-hmm. yeah, all of the YouTubers, like I, Nikki yeah. Blackadder, I was obsessed with all of them. So I was really like, a, I, I really was just like a wannabe one of them. And I like, just like kind of stumbled upon making an Instagram because I was like, I want to do this. And people are asking me questions and I'm getting messages and it just kind of snowballed into me creating some programs, like workout programs for people. And then it turned into doing challenges. And then one-on-one coaching, I got my personal trainer's license and I was doing that. And it's just been kind of like a stumbling of like growing and not really knowing what I'm doing until I got to my senior year. And I was like, okay, you're graduating. You want to do this full time. Like you're making decent money. This can be a full time thing. It just needs to be more structured. So I got a business coach and I kind of sat down and figured out what I wanted that to look like. And I was also going through that transition of wanting to focus more on my personal development and my like personal growth. And I was less focused on weight loss and really kind of shaping my current belief system. Mm-hmm. And it's just been kind of been like, I feel, I guess since I started my Instagram, it's really just been me like stumbling through life and kind of figuring out as I go. Um, <laughs> we all? But it's been a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where, where I was at and where I'm at now. I'm still stumbling. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. And I'm glad I have a lot of questions within that, but I'm glad that you mentioned um, the getting a business coach thing. Cause I think it yeah. is, you know, a lot of people want to be in- entrepreneurs now especially a lot of young women in their 20s and I, I think there's always that question of like how do I take my passion and turn it into a business especially with like Instagram so could you maybe talk a little bit about that yeah yeah it was it was actually a really hard decision for me personally because I I'm a very type a I with my business and how I grew it it was always just me like I was the one making all the programs I was setting them up on my website I created my own website I posted my Instagram I'd never had any help and that was almost like a pride thing like I just Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I got this. And I kind of had to set my ego aside as, and this is because I was doing all the personal growth and personal development work on the side through like listening to podcasts and books and stuff. Mm-hmm. I realized like you need help and it's okay to ask for help. And that was a really big lesson I needed to learn. And the first step for me was asking for help with my business, because if I wanted it to be successful, I needed someone whose expertise was in that like field and I could learn from them and I could grow from them. And I did, and it was awesome. And I learned a lot and it was kind of just like, it was a really, really good experience. And I actually, like, I probably need to do it again because my business has shifted so much. But um, I am, it's just, it is such a lesson. I know a lot of people are probably nodding their heads like, yep, I'm that person. I'm very controlling, but not in like a bad way. It's like, mm-hmm. just, it, this is my, this is my baby. Like I created this and I'm very- right. Also as that. a creative person, it's hard to let yeah. from the outside kind of in on that. So I, mm-hmm. totally, I totally get that. Yeah, totally. but I mean, that's been the biggest thing, letting go of that, fear that other people are going to mess it up and just putting your trust in the right people, you're going to fail at that. You're going to pick wrong people and there's going to be issues, but you learn from that and you find the people that do work. And then when you can outsource and get a coach and get people to do stuff for you that like this, like emails and that stuff Mm -hmm. that like, I don't love, I can focus all my time on where my zone of genius is, which is creating. And then you can create better and you can reach more people. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So put the ego aside, people, (laughs) you can hire people, get a coach. It's, it's okay to ask for help. That's awesome advice. What a powerful tip, seriously, because I feel like so many of us really have this desire, like you said, to want things to go the right way and to be scared of someone maybe not having the same vision and something failing and all that stuff. So what a great tip. And Gabby, something that I really love about your platform is that you really shed light on 
all different perspectives, especially when just circling back to what you mentioned with the disordered eating and orthorexia. And I, you really shed light on compulsive overexercising, all these things that I feel like a lot of people aren't really aware of or aren't as talked about as much. So I really love that. And I think it helps a lot of people feel less alone. Um, but going off of the Instagram platform, what do you believe since there are so many people out there kind of trying to make a name for themselves in the Instagram world, what do you believe make, made you stand out and gain the following? Or how did you how did you kind of get to that point? Yeah, yeah. The big, One of the biggest things for me throughout from the moment I had zero followers to now with 115,000 or whatever the silly number next to my name is, um, is, is being personable. I try and DM every single person back to ask me a decent question that I haven't answered a million times. Um, <laughs> or if someone's sending me a really nice message, like obviously I can't always reach all of them. But for the most part, I really, really try and have that one-on-one -on -one connection because it's just crazy to me that sometimes I will message girls back and they'll be like, oh my God, I never thought in a million years you would see this. And that's just, it's so sad because that's when people end up putting these people on a pedestal with a number next to their name and you almost become unreachable. So then you're not relatable and you don't, people can't relate to you as much because you're not as air quotes real. And so staying authentic, staying real, staying on the same level with all the people that are following me is really important to me. And I've noticed that that's kind of helped me with everything that I've been doing because people don't, they don't come to my profile and be like, oh, well, I could never do what she does, or I could never look like she does, or I could never do any, any of that. It's, I, I hope that people come to my profile and they see that you, you can do anything you want to. And, and through following me, I can help you get there. And yeah, just, I think the biggest thing with Instagram nowadays too, I, I was very lucky when I got in. So if you are currently like at the beginning of that Instagram growth journey, just know like, you're being duped by the algorithm too. Like it is a lot harder to grow on Instagram now, unfortunately. And there are things you can do as far as just engagement and that kind of stuff. But it was, I really did get in at a very good time um, when Instagram wasn't messing with the algorithm and it was very easy to connect with people and to get your, your stuff seen without having to strip down into a bikini every day. So, um, but yeah, that's my biggest tip is just being authentic and connecting with people. Cool. Uh, Gabby, you kind of mentioned it in your story before about finding your values with building this platform. Can you talk a little bit on like how you found how you found what was valuable to you and like what people can find on your page and what those values are? Yeah. So it's definitely shifted a lot over the past, I'd say like five years that I've had my Instagram. It really did start off like a lot of fitness, a lot of weight loss, a lot of fat loss stuff. Cause that's kind of what I was, that's all I knew. And I was very uneducated in my own disordered patterns, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I do, there actually is a lot of guilt that I probably need to get a therapist and work through. Um, <laughs> we all, we all use a therapist. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I really do feel a little guilty for the years that I spent like teaching people things that I don't currently now believe in. So like where my values used to be, they are not anymore. But the underlying tone of health and wellness is still there. It's just my idea of health is not fitness. Fitness is just a part of health. So now I really, how I explain my values to people, and it really is just like, I believe in you focusing on your health, but your health is a big umbrella. And underneath that is your mental health, your social health, financial health, your emotional health, your physical health, all of these things that we have, they all make up our health and they're all so freaking important. And honestly, your physical health is probably one of the least important of all of those, because if the others aren't in check, your physical health, it's not going to matter. You could be the fittest person on the earth and you're actually going to be very unhealthy. So it took a long time for me to actually like learn that and learn what that really means within my life. But learning that I've now been able to kind of integrate that idea of just 
being a healthy person in all areas of life on my platform. So I really do like talking about financial health and sexual health. That's a big one people don't talk about. And I'm like mm. starting to learn to get comfortable talking about it. Yes. Um, mental health, all of those things. So that's kind of what you can find when you come on my platform. But I, I would I would just want to say for people listening who are in the same boat as me of like kind of in a transitional phase, don't be scared to transition. I was so afraid to take the big leap from like being a fitspo to going to more of like a personal growth, personal development, body love, body neutrality, body liberation kind of person, especially because I am a straight sized white woman. Like that is, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm a body positive influencer. The body positivity movement is not for me. I am a very privileged person when it comes to my body. And so figuring that out has been a really big part of this journey and learning the history of all of these different values and things and then learning where I fit in the mold and where I can use my voice the most effectively but also the most res like with the most respect if that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that and I'm so glad that you talked about feeling okay to change your ideas and change your mind. I think we're in such a culture where people sometimes feel like they're not allowed to change their mind and they have to so strongly believe what their beliefs are, but it is so important that we know that like knowledge is key and the more we learn, we're allowed to change our minds. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of guilt kind of like what you mentioned about what we where we were before versus like where we are now and i think a big piece for a lot of people is that we can't shame ourselves so much for not knowing what we didn't know then but like celebrating what we know now and using the power that we've learned through that knowledge and through trying to educate ourselves in that aspect to to share what we know now yeah yeah and owning up to it too i think that's a big part yeah. a big part for me has been owning up to like hey i yeah i used to promote this and i i'm i'm sorry but also like, here's what I learned. And also something I'm having to now, another part of my journey I'm learning right now is that I went so far in the direction of like anti-fitness, anti-diet that now I'm starting to realize like, okay, there are people that are still over here in the fitspo mm -hmm. space that love dieting and love weight loss. And like, even though that's not for me and I don't personally agree with that, and I don't love that lifestyle. That's where they are. And like, if they want to migrate over and kind of take some of my ideas and apply it to them, great. But if not, I can't do anything about that. And that's my personal view, my personal opinion, and I shouldn't want to change them. Mm -hmm. I just need to stay in my lane, if that makes sense. Love Absolutely. that. Yeah, that's all amazing, Gabby. Thank you so much for saying that and being really honest about that. I think there's a lot of people, especially when you do have a a platform and a following that are afraid to say, look, I changed my mind. And like, I used to believe one thing and now I believe another thing. And I think that that is so, so powerful. Thank you. So not only is she an incredible content creator, but she also is a business owner. Um, yes. So you, you co-own two businesses, Gabby. Can you talk about those two, those two businesses? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first one I'll touch on, uh, switch it up first, because it kind of goes along with what we were just talking about. Switch it up kind of came around when, so I, I started my business creating workout programs, doing like fitness challenges, that kind of stuff. And as I was transitioning, fitness and health and physical fitness is still a huge part of like my personal passion and my love. It's just not so focused on aesthetics. And because I was so obsessed with the gym for such a long time, I got into a really big rut with fitness. And I hated going to the gym for so long. And I just like was dreading it. And it sucked because that felt like I lost my safe space and I lost my like the one thing that I truly like love to do. It just didn't feel good anymore. And so I started, I was like, you know what? I just need to start over. I need to do something totally different. And I actually went to this place um, in Lexington. It's called Everybody Fights. It is a, like they do boxing, they do pit classes, they do Fun. strength classes, but it's, but it's group fitness. So I was having, instead of me going in and having to lead my own workout, I had an instructor 
telling me what to do and I didn't have to think about it. And I also had an amazing group of people around me also doing it and pushing themselves Mm -hmm. and motivating you. And it just, it felt so good. And so from that, I created Switch It Up, which is all about switching up your workouts every month and not just doing the same thing over and over again. So basically what it is, is it's a program that's hosted on an app called Teachable. And I just upload new workouts every single month. And sometimes they're at home, sometimes they're in a gym, sometimes they're hit, sometimes they're more lifting based. It just really switches every single month. Yeah. So that's that one. And, um, the Rose Retreat. Oh, right now with what we're going through, it's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. This is this is the first year we are like going all in on creating oh. um, our events and like going full out. And obviously with everything happening, it's like been a big blow to the the live events industry. Of course. Um, but I will tell you guys about it because it's my baby and I love yes. it so much. And um, it's, it's going to have its time. It's going to have its yes, time. Yes. Yeah. Very 21. Yep. Absolutely. We got it. It's coming. <laughs> Um, so the Rose Retreat, first and foremost, the Rose Retreat was created by me and Mick Zazon, um, and Rose stands for Restore, Overcome, Self-Love, and Empower. It is a retreat for women um, that want to better themselves, want to celebrate each other, celebrate themselves, learn about personal growth and health and wellness and mental health and have been through some crazy crap and need women that have also been through crazy crap and can relate to. So we basically, we kind of just wung, wung it, winged it. I don't know what the right ter- <laughs> term is. I don't know either. Winged it? We, we winged it um, two years ago back in 2018 and just we're like, let's do a retreat. And so we did it and it was awesome. It was life-changing, oh, like fun. even for us. Oh my yeah. God, that's so, amazing. That yeah, awesome. so we just threw it together, 20 women in a cabin, and it was incredible. And we kind of looked at each other at the end and we were like, this is this is it. Like we need yeah. to do this. And we, we didn't like go full in, like let's create this crazy. We just kind of went, took it nice and slow because we both had our individual businesses. But this past year we did two retreats. We did one in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and then one in uh, Ontario, Canada. And then um, this, this year, 2020, we were going to do two retreats and a conference, but they have been postponed just obviously due to everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And silver lining, it's it's going to mean that the events for 2021 are like even better. Yeah, they're going to be gonna un- great. going to be amazing. But but yeah, that's the Rose Retreat. And it's, it's it, what's so cool about it is bringing these communities that we've created online and seeing women show up in a physical space and having those connections in real life is just something that like it literally makes me emotional like talking about it because mm-hmm. it it's so beautiful when you've you've dm these people and you've talked to these people and then you can meet them in real life and show them that like this is real like we're, we're real real humans and we live this way and you can live this way too and you can connect and make friendships and see we've had women that came to the rose retreat that have been in each other's weddings have like yeah it's it's a really really cool community and we're just so excited for after all of this hopefully blows over that we can like just grow it and it's it's going to be awesome but those are the two businesses that I currently own that sounds amazing I want to come to yeah, Rose Retreat. Go. <laughs> sounds yes. 2021 like, you better be there I'll be there you're gonna do one in in Montauk New York right Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. We're we'll coming. Have to be on. <laughs> and and we're doing. So we are. We're still doing that one next year, and it's a business focused one. So it's for women yeah. entrepreneurs. <gasps> oh, that's cool. Incredible. And and speaking of that, Gabby, have there been any particular challenges that you faced as a young female entrepreneur? Yeah. So the biggest one I would say is just like being an entrepreneur and being young is 
that in itself is so scary. Like it's just an unknown thing. And especially when you're doing it and not really knowing what you're doing, it can be very scary to like rely a hundred percent on that as income. It can be really scary to know like, am I doing the right things? Am I making the right decisions? Mm -hmm. Just being your own boss in itself is very scary. And then also feeling I always personally felt like, because the line of work I'm in, my success has always been very dependent on how much other people believe in me and like want to purchase my product and want to choose me as a coach or want to buy my workout program over someone else's. So just dealing with that like competition of other people that are in my industry, but then also staying true to myself and not changing just because maybe one thing works better. That's something as I transition from fitness to more like self-love has been kind of hard to to deal with. Yeah. But um just making sure that I I know my values, I'm authentic to that and like kind of keeping my blinders on and not worrying about this the success of others around you and just focusing mm-hmm. on myself. And I can I can imagine on, on when you're having a platform that's so personal that like there can be challenges of like how much do I share? Like when you know when is it too much? Uh how much do I owe my audience? Stuff like that. I feel like that's something that yeah. this we're we're also figuring out too of like, well we want to be so real and so raw and so vulnerable. And then it's like, but what things do you keep private and what things mm-hmm. you know do you really want to put out there? Yeah. It's funny you say that too. For me, like people ask me that all the time, like, how are you so vulnerable? Like, how do you, like, I'm so scared to post this and you, and it seems so easy for you. I have to be honest, like there are very little things that are scary for me to post nowadays. Cause once you put it out there once, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, I got nothing to hide now. The yeah. only thing I'd say, the only thing that I am very private about is my relationship with my boyfriend. I don't post about him a lot. I don't like talk about it a lot. And I don't really know why, but like, for me, it's just always been like, it's it's the one thing that's like so precious to me and I've seen so many relationships kind of crumble because of social media Mm -hmm. and like having that like expectation on them that like he means literally the world to me he's the best person in the entire universe and so like for me it's just like it's the one thing that I do keep pretty much off I keep I mean I do post about him and like whatever but for the most part it's like I keep that off social media just because it's like that's my private life yeah it's important to have things that are just like when your life is so public that's important Mm -hmm. But everything else, I'm an open book. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to circle back really quick. Since you talked about your transition kind of to the self-love and all that stuff, since you mentioned that you did kind of not like going to the gym at one point, did you ever take a break from exercise during your personal development? Yeah, I don't think I ever took like a full on like, I'm going to take a month long break. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. intentionally ever stop going. I think mentally I stopped going like I was still going to the gym and I was like going through the motions my workouts were not as intense they were not as crazy they were not as long and I was leaving every single day feeling like just like crap so like kind of in a way I did take a break because I wasn't ever really mentally there and I just wasn't enjoying it but I I pretty quickly was able because I've I've gone through this journey and I was I was doing the the hard like personal work behind the scenes I knew I needed something different and so I I very quickly like found a a different place to go to and found a way to kind of change it up and like do something mm-hmm. different because I knew it was what I needed after I felt that like extreme burnout I was like okay something needs to change and honestly I've in the past year and a half since I've been going to everybody fights I've probably only done like 
I, I probably only done maybe one or two of like my old style, like lifting workouts. Like I don't, I just don't, I don't, it's not for me anymore. And maybe it will be one day and that's totally fine. But now it's like, I enjoy doing at home stuff. I like doing my quick little, like 25 minute circuits. I love playing. I just went and played tennis. I love being outside. It's just that way of moving my body feels so much better. It feels, it just, it's yeah. And I, I like being in a group too. I've noticed, I used to actually like hate group fitness when I was a a personal trainer, I was like, I should know how to do my own work. Very ego, egotistical and like not wanting to anyone else to like touch my workouts. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like, yeah. I don't want to mo- motivate myself. Like tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of going off of that, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but how, what do you think was most beneficial for you with doing, I know you said different workouts and stuff that you went to, but like similar habits, like exercising, without feeling like triggered in any way, like shifting that mindset towards it sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily for me, I'm, well, I guess this is probably my, my advice for that is being surrounded by people and surrounding yourself online and offline Mm -hmm. with people who are either in the space, the headspace that you want to get to, or are also transitioning and are supporting you on that journey. Because if I would have had friends who were competing or were really into fitness, like I used to be, and we're still doing that, I think I would have held on longer and maybe tried to have them motivate me to go back to it instead of having friends that were like supporting that transition and actually my best friend, Michaela, it was very much going through that transition, like in real time. And I was watching her go through it. And like, I was learning a lot from her. And so just having that support system of like understanding what you're going through, and then not trying to force you back into those old habits has been, I've been very blessed to have an amazing support system, because I know I've, I've had clients and a lot of girls message me saying like, well, I love my boyfriend to death, but he's like super into like meal prepping and dieting and wanting to lose weight. And like, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to love my body and do what feels best for my body. But how do I balance that or family members or whatever the case may be? It's, it is very difficult. I'm not going to say it's easy, but you just have to really focus on your personal journey and set boundaries with those people and explain Mm -hmm. to them why you're doing it and not shunning them or telling them that they're like, I guess that their actions are wrong. Just explaining to them what your goals are and understanding that you guys can have those like healthy boundaries of um, to help you through that transition, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Going off of that, when did you realize that the habits that you had weren't serving you and how, how did you take the initiative to say, okay, like, so this is not working for me. I need to make a change. Because I feel like just acknowledging something in my life is not working for me or something in my life is damaging to me. I feel like that's a really hard step. Yeah. So as far as food goes, because I think there's two sides to this, there's like the physical side of it and then there's the food side of it. So as far as food goes, it was when I realized that like, holy moly, I have been actively tracking food for the past five years and I can't go out to eat and not think think about it all day. Mm -hmm. I can't eat a dinner and like not track it. Or I can't just, when I'm driving on the highway and I'm really hungry, I can't stop and just grab something from the gas station because I'm scared that it might have too too many calories. Like I just started noticing that all of these things in my life were being so inconvenienced by my disordered eating. And I realized that it was to a point where I was not willing to, to let it control me anymore. I wanted to be free. And I started learning about food freedom. I think that's honestly what was the biggest thing for me was learning that there was another way. And there was another way of thinking that you could kind of transition to without having to go like all in. Mm -hmm. Um, And learning about food freedom and learning about like, just like the act of like not dieting, like I, I kind of didn't realize that 
because I, I didn't think I was dieting. I was just tracking macros, but that's dieting, you know, that that's restricting. And I, and I was realizing that the more I was restricting, the more I was like falling back into these habits. And so for me, it was just kind of really embracing the idea of food freedom, no matter what that meant. And that's, the, that's scary because that could mean weight gain. That could mean like a, a million things. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing was doing it and then realizing that it was working. And um, once it actually starts working, you kind of sit back. Anyone that's on this journey or been through this journey, you kind of realize while you're, while you're going through it, like, holy moly, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, yeah. I just went out and had Margs and chips and queso and I don't give a crap. Like, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is totally that is a beautiful thing. And I was traveling more. So traveling was huge. And I wanted to be able to travel and not worry about food. And so just diving headfirst into the food freedom journey was huge. And then as far as with fitness, kind of the same thing, I was forcing myself to go to the gym and I freaking hated it. Like that right there in itself is like, that's not healthy. Or I was choosing to go move my body over a date night because I hadn't worked out that day. You know, it was just like me being very hyper aware and self-aware of the things that these obsessions were causing me to lose in my life that I'm not willing to lose. I'm not willing to lose that date night. I'm not willing to lose that cupcake on my birthday, or I'm not willing to lose these things because life is too freaking short. And I was so sick of like wanting to believe that and like even promoting that in, in a way, but still not personally doing it a hundred percent. I was like, no more. I need to go all in and I need to just like figure out what this all looks like for me. Because again, another thing I want to mention, sorry, I'm going on a million tangents. No, this but is all another thing, the other thing I want to mention too is food freedom and like healthy amount of exercise movement, whatever you want to call it is so different for everyone. My version of food freedom might look totally different from yours. It might look totally different from someone else's. And I think that's really important to mention because people kind of get caught up in just like we got caught up, caught up in the fitness thing of like, what's she eating? How much? We're getting caught up in that with food freedom and like, how much is freedom? How much is it? Like, am I being too restrictive? Am I being too free? It's, it's your journey. Just freaking do it and like, stop thinking about it and figure out what works for you. And in a way, like, Follow these people who are inspirational and like learn from them, but don't try and copy them because your journey is going to be very different um, with food and with fitness. Michaela is a great example. We are both in a very, very great place right now with food and with fitness, but like she doesn't work out that much. She doesn't move her body or she moves her body a lot, but she doesn't like work out like I do. And that's, we've had conversations about that. It's been kind of hard for her because she sees me working out and she like feels, do I need to do that? Do I need to be moving more? Like you love to work out. And we've had this conversation of, no, that's just where I'm at in my journey. And that's my personal preference and you can have like fitness freedom and work out once a day mm-hmm. or once a week and move your body in other ways like walking your dog and I can over here maybe work out or five times a week and totally be healthy and be in a great place it just depends so if you're on this journey or if you're like striving to be on this journey just remind yourself that like take a step back and like put your blinders on and remember that this is your journey and while you need to pull inspiration and motivation from other people don't try and recreate their journey because it's your journey and you need to figure out what works for you in your life I love that you already gave so many amazing tips Gabby but if there was a woman or someone that did want to start going down this journey of health and wellness, do you have like a tangible tip that could be kind of like a first step? Yeah. Yeah. I think one, ask yourself, do I have a problem where I need to get a therapist, like an eating disorder therapist or dietitian? Is it to the point where I'm, I'm, I have an eating disorder or a workout obsession where I need professional help? And if the answer is yes, that's your first step. If you are in a, in a space where you're like, no, like it's not to the point where it's like completely controlling my life, but it's something that I definitely want to work on, then I would say either get a coach who does help with this kind of stuff. Or if you want to do this journey on your own, which is totally cool, like I did it 
that way. Um, asking yourself, what does my version of like my best and highest self look like? Like, who do I want to become? What do I want to strive to do? And if your answer is weight loss, backtrack. Like that, that means that we need to reevaluate and look at what your definition of health is. Kind of going back to what I talked about earlier with Mm -hmm. realizing that health is mental, social, like physical, emotional, all of these things. And I would suggest to someone to get help in whatever way that means for you. And then to just start diving in, diving into not just the physical side of things of health and wellness, but diving into podcasts, diving into audiobooks, diving into following new Instagram accounts who aren't just healthy fitspos, but are, are like body positive people and mental health advocates and teach about sexual wellness and teach about all these different topics and just dive into learning. I love that. And I think especially what you touched on before, I think you really, with your platform, instill that belief in people because I feel like for so long, we're taught to believe that there's only one way. And for to have people on Instagram or on social media that are showing that food freedom is even a thing, <laughs> because I feel like we're just taught to believe that there's only one way. So for you mm-hmm. to be an example of that and what it looks like for you and giving people the space to say, whatever it looks like for you, that's cool. But I think what me and Julia always talk about is that there's such a difference between doing something because you want to and doing something because you feel like you have to. And I think that that is such a huge piece of what you're touching on is if you feel like you want to work out because it makes you feel good and every intention that you have behind that, that's a beautiful thing. But when we start to feel like we have to do it to uphold an image or to feel loved or to feel valued, that's when stuff starts to get tricky. So I just, I deeply appreciate you and what you do because I think you really instill that belief in people that it's possible. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that that honestly answers the question of going back where you asked, um, like, how does someone know, like, when you're kind of stepping over those boundaries? And I think you just put that beautifully of like, do I want to or do I feel like I have to? I think that right there, asking yourself that and then taking it a step further, another huge thing, Mick actually taught me this, when you're making that decision in that moment of like, should I go to the gym? Should I not go to the gym? What is like, do I want to or am I feeling like I need to when you're kind of in that moment of like, What's the healthy thing to do right now? Asking yourself, what's the kindest thing I can do for my body, mind, and soul? Mm -hmm. I used to just say, what's the kindest thing I can do for my body? But that even is a little bit too physical because sometimes Mm -hmm. you need a mental health day. Sometimes you need a spiritual day where you're just sitting and kind of going outside or connecting with the earth or whatever that looks like for you. So asking yourself, literally, if you're listening to this right now, scribble this down, or if you're driving, keep a mental note. What is the kindest thing I can do for my body, mind, and soul? I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think that's really important. And I think that that's something that like, even I need to do. Like, we all do. Yeah, definitely. And something else that you actually said before, another thing that you didn't ask it as a question, but something like, what am I willing to sacrifice? And you said not the date nights, not all that stuff. I think that's another really powerful question. Yeah. Do you have any daily practices or rituals or routines that you incorporate into your life? Yeah. So I'm actually a very big routine person. I've always been. It's just in my personality as a type A Gemini. Like I just am very <laughs> like have the way it needs to be done. Um, and being an entrepreneur, I've noticed that when I'm not in routine, I actually just got back. My mom just, my parents just moved to South Carolina and I was there for a week. And I told myself like, yeah, I'm just going to go down. Like it's going to be warm. I'm going to work a bunch. Like did not work (laughs) like just because I was out of my routine so routine is huge for me and especially in the morning like setting up my day for success has been huge whether that's like just 
cleaning. Like I'm a very big, like I have to have a clean space in order to have like, a clean mental space. And then same for the nighttime, kind of winding my brain down. Cause I'm very much like a go, 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 always thinking, always doing kind of person. And if I don't allow myself and give myself permission to turn that off, mm-hmm. then it can get very difficult. So just having routine in the morning and having routine at night. And something I actually wrote down when I read that question I wanted to mention is for people who are maybe wanting to implement a morning routine or a nighttime routine or just something into their life to kind of have more productivity or flow, I guess, is um, making sure that you don't feel like you have to do all the things. I think that we always feel like, okay, I'm going to start a morning routine and you think, okay, I'm going to do step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's not about the eight steps to success in the morning. It's about just doing one. Cause if you don't do that first one, the other eight aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just focusing on one thing at a time and adding one thing at a time into your day. That's how you create those habits. And that's how they actually stick. Absolutely. We, me and Brenda just did an episode on morning routines and we mm-hmm. were saying like both of us, we kind of have these kind of packed morning routines now, but those took like, oh, like years to build and to hold ourselves accountable to. And even still, even when we've been doing them for so long, there are still days that like, I don't do all my steps or I don't Mm -hmm. do it at all. Like it's building that takes time and building the discipline Mm -hmm. to really do it every day. And I think also it's very dependent on like where you are in your life and how you're able to receive things and do things. Like I know now, for example, that we are working from home and having a different type of schedule. I'm trying to figure out myself, how do I incorporate this routine into my life in a way that still feels right and balanced when everything around me is kind of shifting? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really great point. And we really tried to emphasize in that episode that everyone's different and that you don't need Mm -hmm. to have a 20-step routine in order for it to feel successful, but whatever feels right to set the tone for your day. Yeah, for sure. And then one other thing I wanted to say was like when you said kind of rituals, something, this is kind of totally shifting, but for someone who's out there struggling with like their body image and that kind of stuff, something I've been really focusing on is if I notice myself like catching a glimpse in the mirror, or if I notice myself like just like kind of talking a little bit nasty to myself, something that I've been really, really harping on myself recently, because I've, I've been doing that more recently, is stopping myself and rephrasing whatever sentence I just said to myself. So if I caught a glimpse of like my cellulite in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, gross, I stop myself. And I'm like, no, you're freaking beautiful. You're killing it. Let's go, honey. And I like make myself rephrase it. And that's just like a little ritual. I've been like, really trying to implement into every single day because that's how you do rewire those negative thought loops. Yeah, we can all talk so negatively to ourselves all day long and be so not even aware of how negative we're being to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So to be really conscious of like, this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I talk positively to myself. I think that's incredible. Yeah. I remember when I was in a similar space, I would, I had things written down in my notes in my phone. The things that I knew that my negative thoughts would go to, I would have the positive ones to counteract them right away. And anytime it would come up, I would look at them because I'm like, you know what, when you're in the moment of a negative thought, you almost don't have the, at least for me, I'm like, I wasn't always fully prepared to counteract them. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. if I have these things prepared, then then I'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. I call it your toolbox. I actually have my clients do that. Like I uh, have them create in their note section on their phone, a little toolbox. It's just like the the note is titled toolbox and they just list out different tools for like in that moment of either like self-hatred or anxiety or stress, like things that they can kind of turn to. Cause like you said, in the moment, it can be really difficult and you're like really feeling it. Um, It's nice to have like 
a physical copy of something that you can just kind of scroll through and be like, yes, this, this is what I need to do right now. That's such a great tip. I love that. And I do have a random question before we move on. Yeah. Um, since you and Mick do co-own a company together, did you guys know each other prior to this space or was that a relationship you established through the community? Yeah. So we actually, we met through social media. Um, we actually met through the company, my protein. She was a student ambassador for them, like way back in the day when we were both like doing the fitness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how we got connected. And then as she went through her journey and I went through my journey, we just like, we were friends and then we became like really close. Then we went to Thailand together. And if you travel with someone to a foreign country and like share a bed for like a month, <laughs> that's when you become like best, best friends. friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Me and Brenda actually lived together for a certain period of time and it really does define our relationship. Definitely does. Yeah. It changed yeah. everything. I wouldn't let Brenda sleep um, in her bed alone. I had to sleep with her every night. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I get lonely. Um, <laughs> but Gabby, you have been so incredible. Thank you so, so much. You've shared so many incredible tips. Uh, we just have two little questions for you before you go. So it, it, this doesn't have to be related to to health or wellness, or it can be. Um, is there any resource that you have in your life that has guided you through your 20s thus far? It could be a book, could be yeah. a podcast, anything. Yeah. I I mean, just in general, books and podcasts and Instagram accounts, like any kind of like free, especially because those, well, audiobooks can obviously cost a little bit of money, but I I would say podcasts. We'll just keep it simple. Podcasts Mm -hmm. have literally changed my life. They're a free resource. And um, personally, like, I mean, you guys have a podcast, I have a podcast, but some of my, one of my favorite ones, that's just like a a constant I always go back to is the school of greatness by Lewis Howes. He's just amazing. And he interviews some incredible people Mm -hmm. and that would be, I'll leave it at that for the podcast. As far as books go, I like listening to books. This book changed my life. It's incredible. It's literally life-changing. It's called, um, the universe has your back by Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, that book was really life-changing for me. And I read it at a time when like I was in a very big transitional phase and it really helped me, it helped me define my spirituality, which was something I've always really struggled with growing up in a non-religious household. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just was amazing. And it has like personal growth stuff in it too. So it's not just like spirituality, but that book is incredible. So highly recommend. Awesome. And lastly, Gabby, where can people find you? And do you have any projects you want to plug? I know that you just released something cool today. Yes. So first and foremost, Instagram, that's where I hang out. I'm like trying to learn the TikTok thing and it's just <laughs> not going too well. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, don't know how to dance. <laughs> um, but so Instagram, it's just Gabby Mail on Instagram and I have a website, www.gabbymail.com. Um, and today I just released a at home move. I keep wanting to say workout challenge and it's a movement challenge. It's not a workout challenge. So it's a 30 day at home movement challenge. It's only $6. I did this for everybody that is being affected by, well, we're all, it's not everyone that is affected. We are all affected by what's happening right now in the world, like going to address the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And it is as someone who loves movement and it, movement is so important in my life on a daily basis. And I also rely on a an instructor and a trainer to help me move my body through everybody fights. So I needed, I I was like really struggling to do my at-home workouts and I needed something to push me. So I just kind of said, you know what? I used to do challenges all the time. I know how to do them really well, but I want to do one that's focused on movement and like 
healthy movement and it's not a weight loss challenge. It's not an aesthetic challenge. It's literally just about moving our bodies at home and staying at home. So um, the challenge is only $6. It's 30 days. You get basically a workout like mostly every day of the week. And then some of the days I give you like stretching videos to do or yoga videos or go outside and go on a walk. And then every single day has a self-care task too, which is super important to me. Oh, I love so that. It's just kind of like a good 30 day, like keep yourself on track stay accountable. It's only $6 and we're beginning April 1st. So, and you can buy it after April 1st too. I'm just going to keep it on my website because who knows how long we're going to be in this true. thing. So. Yep. Gabby, thank you so, so much. You have been absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Everybody be sure to follow Gabby on Instagram, check out the Rose Retreat, check out Switch It Up, check out her new movement program. And Gabby, thank you so, so much. You thank were incredible. You. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.